Pray. 
morning, good morning, good morning. Hallelujah to his name. Come on, let's just give the Lord praise through our mouth and hand clap of praise and just thank him for his graciousness. Thank him for his mercy. Thank him for his loving kindness. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus, on this morning. And we welcome you to the fourth Sunday in February service of Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church in the year 2020. We are located just outside of the great town of Garysburg, and we're located here in beautiful Northampton County, North Carolina. We uh, just thank God for being here on this morning. Our mission statement here at Roanoke Salem, well, let me back up because I want people want me to say this and, and I love saying it we have a church model and it is the end of your search for a friendly church and we try our best to live up to our church model a church mission is from the book of Matthew chapter St. Matthew chapter 28 the 19th and 20th verses it says go ye therefore and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. We have um, Miss April with us again this morning, Mr. Derek, and my doll baby, Miss Jasmine, making sure that the audio and visual and all this stuff happens, and of course, uh, we have our wonderful church band, brother Steve and brother Elijah brother Marvin is not with us this morning he'll be back and we're looking forward to brother Ricky Majette being back with us in a couple of weeks maybe and um, update on Deacon Woodrow Harding Jr. Sonny we call him Sonny's doing well uh, thank the Lord he's back up on his feet he's moving around he's speaking words and uh, he's still under medical care but we're looking forward to him being back with us shortly as well so keep your prayers coming we're going to have an opening selection now from uh, Steve and Elijah, and then the service will continue.
Amen. That's what we should all do. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. It gets tough sometimes, but we just have to encourage ourselves in the Lord as David did, and the Lord will continue to hold on to us. want to welcome those of you who are uh, watching this morning via Facebook Live here in Northampton County, uh, perhaps throughout the state of North Carolina, perhaps somewhere else in our nation, um, dare I say perhaps somewhere out of the United States, but wherever you may be, uh, we welcome you. On behalf of the Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church family, uh, I welcome you, and we are so grateful to the Lord that you are with us on this morning. To our uh, church members who are watching and to those who may uh, be calling in or listening in through our call-in service, and some of, our, uh, some of the folks who are listening in are not our church members in terms of being on our membership row, but you're our brothers and sisters in Christ, and you are part of our church family. We welcome those who are listening via the conference line as well. Don't really have too many announcements this morning, but I do want to first of all say that I'm so proud of Miss uh, Jasmine, uh, Miss Jasmine Smith, Miss Jasmine Tiana Smith, my baby doll. Uh, she has made the honor roll and the principals list at her school, and so I uh, just want to recognize that and thank God for how well she's doing, and her mom and her grandparents and everybody that's part of her support system. And again, to uh, our other Roanoke Salem Church members. If you'll let me know what your grandchildren, your nieces, nephews, your children are doing, uh, anything you want to highlight. Student of the month, I'm sorry, I want to be, let me stand corrected. She makes student of the month, but we're so proud of her. But, but you all let me know what um, your grandchildren, nieces, nephew, children are doing. I'll make sure that we share that as well. Uh, also, this is the last Sunday uh, of Black History Month, so I want to share with you uh, for our Black History Moment, uh, about a woman who made history. Her name is Mary Eliza Mahoney. Mary Eliza Mahoney was born in 1845, and she became America's first black licensed professional nurse. Amen. As a teenager, uh, uh, Mary was, uh, she went to uh, work at the New England Hospital for women and children, located in Roxbury, Massachusetts. And she worked there as a teenager as a maid, started out as a maid working in a hospital. Then later she worked as a cook, and then as a, a washer, a washerwoman, and then um, as a nurse's aide. So you can see the progression of how the Lord was favoring her and giving, putting her in position. And then at age 33, she was admitted into, into the hospital's professional graduate school for nursing. So at 33 years old, an age where a lot of uh, people have probably been, if they've gotten their nursing degrees, they may have been working six, seven, eight years at that point. But at 33, she was admitted into the hospital's um, professional school for nursing. And as they say, the rest is history. Of course, she still had many obstacles that she had to overcome, but she did. And so we just want to salute this morning Mary Eliza Mahoney, who was the first black licensed uh, nurse in the United States of America. I want to thank uh, my wife, Julia, for providing that information. Just... Um, Again, it seems like there's something else I wanted to share, but 
it's, it's escaping me right now, but anyway, if it comes back to me, I will share it later. I do want to also say that um, you, some of you know that we at this church family have a relationship uh, with the uh, Evangelistic Church of Deliverance in uh, Weldon, and uh, the matriarch, if you will, of that church, Mother Cheek, uh, had been ill but, uh, and was in the hospital. This has been about three weeks ago. I talked to her son last week, Deacon Tony Cheek, but she prayerfully is home now because they were anticipating her being home last week and recovering well. So please continue to keep her lifted up in your prayers. Also, um, want to keep lifted up the uh, family of Mr. Uh, Reverend, actually, Reverend Dr. Charles Tyner. Uh, he is the chairman of the Northampton County Board of Commissioners, and he lost his sister, uh, Ms. Dunn, uh, on, I think it was yesterday, uh, Ms. Dunn passed. And so please keep um, Mr. T Reverend Tyner uh, and his mother uh, and, and all the other family members in your prayers uh, at this time. And certainly uh, as a church family, we'll do whatever we can to be supportive. And I know there are many, many others as well, but I know uh, Reverend Tyner is well known throughout this county because of his position as chairman of the Northampton County uh, commissioners, and so please keep he and his family, his mother, keep them in your prayers. Uh, we thank you again, as always, for your generous, generous, generous giving uh, to support the ministry here at Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church uh, in uh, obedience to the Lord's commands that we pay tithes and offer offerings into his storehouse, and we as one of the the houses of worship, this is his storehouse. You're, you're doing a wonderful job to, to, the, to the church family of Roanoke-Salem. We thank you, cannot thank you enough for being obedient and trusting Lord, because when you pay tithes and offerings, that tells the Lord that you trust him. I, I firmly believe that. And to those of you who are not members, but you also sow into, you, you, you support us by giving donations, very wonderful and generous donations. Thank you also so much. And uh, as you know, I'd like to remind you each Sunday, you may give by those who live in the immediate area. You can come by the church Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, Miss Jean Sykes, most of the time it'll be Miss Jean. She'll greet you there with a great big smile. Well, you won't be able to see a smile so much behind her mask, and you need to have a mask on too, but you'll see it in her eyes that she's smiling at you. And uh, you can bring your tithes and offerings to the church directly Monday, Wednesday, Fridays between 9 and 4. You can also mail tithes and or offerings uh, to the church at P.O. Drawer Z, Garysburg, North Carolina. P.O. Drawer Z, Garysburg, 28371. And then you can also, if you so choose, uh, give online if you go to our church's website, rsmbc.com. When you go there and the page opens up, when, it's, when the uh, first page you click and it opens up, on that first page across the top, you'll see three or four different tabs there with different names on them. One of the tabs to the right says giving. If you will click on the tab that says giving, and when that page opens up, then there are directions, there are very clear directions on how to give online if you so choose. And many of you ha have been and continue to give that way. So we're so grateful and we ask you to continue to obey the Lord and honor the Lord and bless this church so we can be a blessing to our community 
through what you give. We are going into morning prayer now and again, just want us to um, clear our hearts and clear our minds and just think about the goodness of the Lord to all of us over these past several days. Um, you know, the fact that you made it from last Sunday to this Sunday uh, is, is evidence and proof positive enough of how God, good God is to you because as you well know, for many different reasons, hundreds of thousands, millions of people around the world and just right in our immediate state and community, they didn't make it from last Sunday to this Sunday. So if God has favored you in that way, you ought to tell him thank you. Let us go in prayer. Father, we thank you for the blessing of a new day. Thank you for your graciousness and your, your, your mercy, your goodness, your, your kindness. Thank you just for being Jehovah God all by yourself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are the one that sets the, set the stars in the sky. You are the one that put the, the sun and the moon in their places. You are the one that spoke words and the earth took its form. You spoke another word and there was water and you separated the water from the dry land. And you were the one who uh, made all the animals. You created every animal, everything, plant life, uh, fishes, birds, uh, every living, moving creature on this earth. You created it all. You were the one who, along with uh, you, Father, and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you all said, let us make man in our own image. And you formed a human soul, a, a, a being, a male and female, you created them. And then later on, you actually put uh, a body around that soul. You, you took the, the earth from the ground and you, and you formed uh, a body for us. And that's where our souls are housed. And we thank you. Lord, we can't say thank you, hallelujah, thank you, hallelujah enough just for how good you are to us. Even in the midst of this worldwide pandemic and as bad as it has been and as bad as it still is uh, in many places and for many people, Lord, you still have shown us how much you care about us because uh, you've allowed us uh, to create vaccines. It's your, it's, your, it's your intelligence, Lord, that we've used. It's not man's, it's yours. But you've allowed us to create vaccines that will perhaps help stop the spread of the virus, perhaps even prevent some people from ever getting the virus. And for that, we say thank you. It's our prayer that you would take the COVID virus out of your world. But until you do, we thank you for the vaccines uh, that you have given us. And we pray that the vaccination process will be swift and fair in this country and around the world. We thank you, Lord. Uh, just for making sure that this nation has stayed unified, even with all the turmoil that has happened and, you know, people pitted against each other for different ideologies and different political views and whatever the case may be. But still, Lord, because the prayers of a few righteous people, the body of Christ, you've kept the nation together. Bless the current administration. I pray that prayer as I asked you to bless the past administration. Lord, they won't make it. They can't do anything without you. And Lord, we as the body of Christ don't pray for Democrat or Republican. We pray for the, the love and the peace and the righteousness of Jesus Christ to prevail 
in America, in Washington, D.C., and then throughout the entire nation. We thank you, Lord, for every small thing because we cannot take anything. We won't take any of your blessings for granted. We love you. and We thank you for first loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll have the sermonic selection, and then we will move on. Oh, let, let me also tell you, this is a good time to prep yourself. We will have Holy Communion at, towards the end of the service, so get your juices or um, get your bread or crackers or whatever it may be that you plan to use. If you have the fruit uh, of the vine in your home, amen, nothing wrong with that. Get that ready, but we will have Holy Communion uh, near the end of this morning's service. Amen.
Steve, thank you, Elijah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. This morning, I want to um, just very briefly share a message specific to our, um, our black experience here in America with this being the last Sunday in February, Black History or African American History Month. Uh, I want to go, if you will, go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. I'm reading from the New International Version. Whatever you read from, it'll be maybe a little different, going to be a little different. But I'm reading from the New International Version, Exodus, Exodus in the Old Testament, Chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. This is what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go on through the sea on dry land. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. And just, uh, if you will, let us reason together from this thought, moving forward in faith. Moving forward in faith. I'm not sure how I should feel about February being designated black or African History Month, uh, part of me feels that there's an injustice to celebrate all the accomplishments, the great accomplishments of African Americans in February because it's the shortest month of the year. Some people might say, well, you know, we're only talking about two days, maybe three at the most. 
You can say a whole lot more in two or three days. You'd be surprised. But um, our contributions to America's greatness, past and present, are worthy of recognition every day of every month throughout the year. And I bet you if somebody would take the time, and maybe somebody has, there's probably some black or uh, accomplishment, black person's accomplishment that you could find and, and, and recognize every single day of the year. There's another part of me that feels that, well, maybe we should just be happy to have any recognition at all. Um, this nation does not make time to, to re recognize and celebrate African-American contributions and its greatness just because black folks believe it's the right thing to do. Amen now. We don't just have Black History Month just because we thought we ought to have one. We're just over barely, and I looked this up the other day, we're still just barely over 13% of the overall population of this country and, and in many situations in America. Black folks don't have the numbers. We don't have the political clout or the economic force of power. We don't have that in many places to force white decision makers to do anything they really don't want to do. So, so why are we able to celebrate uh, such great life-changing accomplishments in our past and in our presence? I, I believe the reason we can do so is that somehow along the way, we as black folks, we learned how to move forward in faith. We have an African-American History Month because a man named Dr. Carter G. Woodson and, and his supporters, they, they had faith that this nation would appreciate and honor what black folks were doing to make America great. They had to have some faith because back when he came along, there wasn't any evidence that anybody else but black folks would really care. Amen. When Dr. Woodson and his supporters began their campaign to establish a Negro History Week, all they had were their facts, their determination, and their faith that one day Negro History Week would become part of America's national celebrations. The first Negro History Week uh, was celebrated in 1926. And here we are today, 95 years later, one single week has transformed into black history or African history, African American History Month. And over those long years, Dr. Woodson and the people who kept his dream alive they kept moving forward in faith. African-Americans, black folks, we've suffered much cruelty and hardships in America. The truth is, we still do. Our achievements and our accomplishments have been obtained by our intelligence, by our blood, our sweat, and our tears. But we haven't done it alone. Amen. Now, I got to say that we, it is because we've worked hard and we've cried and we've shed blood and lost lives, but we haven't done it alone. I, I acknowledge that through the years, we've had God's favor and God has used many people of many races to help us succeed. It's not just been us by ourselves. God has favored us and used others to help us. But I also know we've been successful because some of us, some African-Americans, some black folks have moved forward in faith, listen to me, in God. Let me say that again. Our success here in the United States of America as black folks is because some of us have moved forward in faith 
in God. Some of our ancestors chose to believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know our black ancestors couldn't see God, just like we can't see him today. But they saw what can happen when we have faith in him. I believe this story here in Exodus is similar to the experiences of black folks in America who are moving forward in faith. And if you allow me to just quickly summarize, there was a man that God raised up, an Israelite named Joseph. And God took him from the pit to the palace and he became the prime minister over all of Egypt. And Joseph brought the Israelites to Egypt uh, to save them when a great famine came upon the land. Joseph dies and a a new pharaoh, a new king comes along and he doesn't know anything about Joseph. So he turns the Israelites into slaves because they were multiplying so fast in Egypt, they greatly outnumbered the Egyptians. And so for over 430 years, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. Then God brought along another man named Moses, raised him up in the palace too. God used Moses to confront Pharaoh, the king, and to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. So here are the Israelites, 430 years later, behind a man named Moses, and they are leaving Egypt. And they're walking out through the desert, headed for a place that God called the promised land. But now... They're going to face death because God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh now, who had said, okay, Moses, after there were 10 plagues in Egypt, and you can go back and read it all for yourself, uh, Genesis and and going into Exodus. But after that 10th plague that God brought down on Egypt to make Pharaoh let the people go, then he hardened Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh now takes his army and they go chasing after the the, uh, Israelites in, in the desert. So now here are the Israelites out here in the desert, and here comes Pharaoh's army. They're, they're, at, the, the, they're at, the, uh, at the edge of, of the, what we call the Red Sea, and there are mountains on both sides. They can't go forward, and they can't turn around because the Egyptians are coming after them. So in verses 10 through 14, we read where Exodus 10 through 14, 10 through 14, we hear this conversation between the Israelites and Moses, and the Israelites are afraid, and They're saying to Moses, Moses, we would rather have stayed in Egypt and been slaves than to come out here and have to die in this desert. And in verse number 14, Moses tells them, look, calm down. Don't worry about it. God's got this. Just watch and see what God's going to do to rescue us. So then here we pick up with verse number 15. The Lord steps up. The Lord always steps up when he makes a promise to you. When he tells you or directs you to do something and you're willing to obey, no matter how afraid you may be, no matter how crazy it may sound, if you're willing to be obedient, the Lord will step up at the right time. So the Lord steps up, beginning in verse number 15, and he tells Moses, he says, "Uh, why are you crying out to me? Moses, what, what you worried about? Tell the Israelites to keep moving forward. That's number one. And they're going to go across the sea because I'm going to make the uh, then, and then number two. He tells Moses in verse number 16, take that staff I gave you and uh, that same staff you used to perform all those miracles when you were before Pharaoh back in Egypt. Take that staff and you go and stretch it out over the water and I'm going to make the water part and I'm going to send a wind to, to dry the waterbed, the seabed. And the Israelites are going to walk across on dry land. 
And then in verse number 17, God tells Moses, he says, I'm going to harden the Egyptians' hearts and I'm going to make them follow you all across that dry land and trying to get to the other side. And then he says, I'm going to get glory by killing Pharaoh and all his army. And sure enough, Moses did what the Lord told him to do. The Lord made the sea depart. And it says that the sea actually ended up being like two walls, one on each side and a big swath of land. The Lord sent a dry wind overnight and into the next morning, sent a wind and it dried the land and the Israelites walked across. And then when the Egyptians tried to follow the Israelites across that dry seabed, that's when the Lord collapsed the water. He brought it back and it drowned Pharaoh and all of his army. And, and so God proved to the Israelites that they could trust him and they could move forward in faith. And, and I'll show you from the Bible how I know that's true, because in verse number 31, Exodus 14, 31, this is what it says. And when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, when when he drowned them in the sea, the people, the Israelites, feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Amen. I I see some similarities between God's relationships with black folks in America and the Israelites in this, this particular situation. African-Americans, like the Israelites, were once enslaved by powerful oppressors in a foreign land. Both of us, both groups had to endure harsh, cruel, deadly circumstances every day. I'm one of the people that says, Lord, thank you for not allowing me to be born in a town of slavery because I know I wouldn't have made it. I would would have died or been killed early on because I don't have what it takes to have made it through. So I thank God that he saw fit to know that I couldn't make it and he didn't let me be born back. And I have nothing but respect and great honor for our ancestors who did have to live through those horrific circumstances. Here's another thing. Over time, the Israelites and African-Americans had to decide if, if they would put their trust in an unseen God, amen, or would they remain enslaved in their minds and in their bodies? But by God's grace, after hundreds of years, both the Israelites and African-Americans chose to move forward in faith. The Israelites had a singular leader named Moses. Black folks in America have had many Moseses, both male and female. Uh, There was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but there was also Harriet Tubman. They are two of the most famous, but they are not the only Moseses of black folks. But the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is real, even though some people don't believe in him. Even black folks, with what we know goes on and what still goes on today, some of us still choose not to believe in him. But he's real, and he's helped black folks here in America. Let's examine the facts of our black history. Here's a fact. We could not, we could not fight our way out of slavery by ourselves, but today we are free. Here's another fact. Here in the South, where I live, we could not legislate our way out of Jim Crow laws by ourselves, but today we are no longer denied basic human rights because of Jim Crow laws. Here's another fact. 
We could not by ourselves force public sector employers and business owners and Fortune 500 companies to give us jobs. But today, we are employees. Today, we are business owners. Today, we are CEOs, and we're so much more. We're teachers, and we're doctors, and we're lawyers. We're engineers, and we're contractors. We're CPAs. We have professional athletes and actors and musicians and singers. We've even had a black president. And now, today, we have a black multiracial vice president in America. African Americans still have a long way to go to secure our full civil rights and social justice, to secure, our, to secure equity in mental and physical health care, to secure the ability to be able to build and maintain wealth. But with Jesus Christ on our side, we can continue moving forward in faith. Jesus Christ will help anybody who's willing to trust and obey him. He's not a black God. He's not a white God. He's not a Latino ex-God. He's not an indigenous people God. He's not an Asian God. He's everybody's God because he created all humanity in his own image. I want to use these three scriptures to encourage all people, everybody, I don't care who you are, to trust Jesus and keep moving in faith. The first one is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. It says, so be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory. And one day it's going to honor Jesus Christ when he is revealed to the world. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse number six. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then finally, this is one most church folks anywhere know. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For those who will believe, Jesus Christ is our hope and he is our strength to continue moving forward in faith. With Jesus on our side, we can have victory over the trials and challenges of daily life. And I know that's right because he and he alone is the only one that is qualified to give us victory over the things that we may face daily. Why is that? Because he's the one that came down through 42 generations. He's the one that wrapped himself in a frayed and sin-filled human body, yet he was without sin. He's the one that uh, uh, endured abuse 
and endured uh, verbal assaults and, and even people willing to physically attack him because he spoke the truth and told people, you got to change and you got to do the way the Lord says to do. You got to live holy and you've got to follow me because I am the son of living God. Folk didn't want to hear that then. They don't want to hear it today. But Jesus kept on going because he had one goal and one goal only, and that was to save our souls. Jesus is the one that went into Pilate's judgment hall. Jesus is the one who went into Herod's judgment hall. Jesus is the one who got spat on and slapped and, and, and had the, the hair pulled out of his beard. He's the one that they put a crown of thorns on his head and blood came down. He's the one that they took out of the judgment hall and they beat him. They whipped him so mercilessly that the skin fell off his back. Jesus is the one that was made to carry a 250 to 300 pound cross almost all the way up a hill so that then he could be hung on a cross. And when Jesus was hung on that cross, he wasn't put there with little nails like we use to nail boards in our house. You see this? This is a railroad stake. This is the kind of thing that they put in Jesus' hands, or some say in his wrist and in his feet. That's what he hung on that cross with. But he could have gotten down anytime he wanted to. But he didn't do it because he was thinking about every person that can see me and under the sound of my voice because he wanted to save our souls. The Roman soldiers and the, and the Israelites that hated Jesus, they didn't kill him. Jesus gave up his life. He said, no man kills me. So on that cross, at an appointed time, he's the one that said, first he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And then he gave up the ghost. Jesus is the one who let men put him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there the rest of what we call Good Friday. He stayed there all day Saturday and Saturday night. The Bible says while his body was in a borrowed tomb, his soul went down into Hades, took the keys from the devil, and set the captives who were there free. Glory, hallelujah to his name. Then he came back and put that soul back in that body so that on the third day morning, what we call Easter Sunday morning, Jesus got up with all power in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He got up with all power in his hands. He has all knowledge, all power, all authority. He's everywhere at the same time, all the time. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's the Savior of the world. He's the only one that can help you and me face and have victory over whatever hardships, whatever cruelties, whatever trials and tribulations this life may bring. And we're going to all have them because Jesus said we would. But he also told us to fear not because he has overcome the world. And if we put our trust and confidence in him, he will help us overcome the world. Amen. To God be all the glory. I want to say to everybody listening this morning, black folk, white folk, everybody's folk, move forward. Keep on moving forward in faith in Jesus Christ. Not in the government. It ain't about Democrat or Republican. Not in the Supreme Court. Not in the world court. Not in how much money you got in the bank. Not in who your daddy is, who your grandmama was who you think you are with all the degrees you may have, that's all good. You couldn't have any of it if God didn't allow you to have it. Move forward, and you can move forward with faith 
in Jesus Christ. And I say to all of us, the body of Christ, no matter what people around us may do, we need to continue moving forward in faith in Jesus. To God be the glory. If you heard this message this morning and you've been moved by the Holy Spirit, you feel as though the Lord is telling you it's time for you to make a change in your life and give your life to him to be saved, as we say, have your soul saved and be, make sure that you go to heaven. Your soul goes to heaven when you die. When we die, when this physical body dies, the soul in us lives either in heaven or hell. Nobody has to go to hell because Jesus died and rose again and made it possible for everybody to go to heaven if we will give our lives to him. And you got to do it while you're on this side. Can't do it after you're dead. So if that's you this morning, please repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you to be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved. Your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and heaven is your home. And what I would say to you again is keep moving forward in faith. If you're not in a church, find a church. Even though we're not, many places are now having back again, having inside service. Some are not, but online, wherever. You find a church family. Ask the Lord to lead you to the right church and connect to that church. Read the word yourself. Read it several times a week. Go out and find any version of the Bible you want to that helps you understand it clearly and you read the word. And then you pray to the Lord daily. Every morning you wake up, tell him thank you. Every night before you go to bed, try to remember to tell him thank you and tell him thank you throughout the day. And anytime you have any questions or concern about anything going on in your life, or somebody else's life that you care about, you pray and ask the Lord to show you what to do, and he will do so. He may not show up when you and I want him to, but Lord knows he's always on time, and he will show up and show out to prove to you and prove to others that he is God all by himself. We're going to transition now into Holy Communion. So I ask you to um, take a few seconds. I pray that you already have your communion elements there in front of you going to transition into Holy Communion on this fourth Sunday. The Bible tells us that on the last night of Jesus' life, before he was resurrected, he had a meal with the 12 apostles who were also disciples, but the apostles were his chosen 12 that were with him everywhere he went. Uh, Judas Iscariot, the one that betrayed him, got up and went out. So then it left Jesus and just the other 11. The Bible tells us that uh, Jesus on that night after that supper, he, he took a piece of bread. And the Bible says that he prayed over it and then he, he broke it. And then he handed it to each of the uh, apostles and told them to take a piece. And he said, take this and eat this because this bread represents my body. After the, the apostles ate the piece of bread, the Bible tells us that Jesus then had a cup and it had what the Bible describes as certainly the King James Version. The New King James says the fruit of the vine. And Jesus prayed over that cup. He did not drink from it himself, but he prayed over it and he handed that cup to the uh, apostles. And he told each of them. 
to take a sip from it. He said, uh, take this and drink. He said, drink this because this fruit of the vine represents my blood that will be shed for the remission of sins. In other words, my blood, the blood of Jesus is what covers and cleanses us, you and me, from the sins that we commit. And so that's what happened uh, on that night of the Last Supper. And then Jesus ended that by telling them to do this often in remembrance of him. I'm going to pray over the elements and then we will continue with uh, the communion service. Father, in, in Jesus' name, I thank you now for this time to reflect back on and to celebrate uh, what Jesus did for us, not just the dying on the cross, but his whole life before he went to the cross. And Lord, even now what he does for us to this very day, because your word says he sits beside you on your right hand side and he's still an advocate for all those who have given their lives to him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to dwell with us. And he is our comforter and our teacher and the one who gives us spiritual gifts. It's all part of the work of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In your name we pray. Bless this bread, what represents this bread and this fruit of the Spirit uh, to, to, uh, to help our bodies in a spiritual way to empower uh, and nourish our bodies in a spiritual way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will please take whatever you have in front of you that represents the bread and eat it with me. And if you will now take whatever you have in front of you, whatever fruit juice, or if you actually have fruit of the, the vine, whatever you have, if you will lift that up and drink that with me. And I will ask Steve, will you please just play one verse of Amazing Grace? You and Elijah. Thank you, Elijah. Thank you for being with us on this morning. We just pray that you will be encouraged in the Lord. So much is going on. But let me say this. I heard Pastor Jensen Franklin this morning on his broadcast, and he was very clear and straight from the word of God. What our lives, and I'm talking to believers now, I'm talking to those of us who have given our lives to Jesus, because this is a promise and a guarantee to us. What our lives are is whatever we claim it and speak it to be. In spite of our circumstances, Pastor Franklin was very clear and the word backs him up. In fact, he preached it from the word. God gave us the power to speak into existence what we want. I'm not talking about naming and claiming. I'm talking about changing our circumstances and 
asking the Lord to give us a life that's prosperous uh, in every way, in every way, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, resources. And then God will prosper us to be a blessing to others. That's what it's all about. So I'm saying to you this morning, start speaking, literally speaking the words of God over your life and over the life of the lives of those you care about and watch God begin to turn things around in a positive way. And then those of you who are not saved, you can have some of this too. But the first thing you have to do is humble yourself and give your life to Jesus Christ. And then after you do that, every promise of God that those of us in the body of Christ have available to us will also be available to you because he is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care who you are, what you've done, where you've been. He loves you and he's willing to forgive you and he's willing to help you have the best life possible if you're willing to humble yourself and live life his way. Can't live life my way. I got to be willing to live life his way. Whatever changes that means I need to make, I got to be willing to make them. But if I am, the Lord Jesus will prove to you without a doubt that it's the best decision you've ever made. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest ruling about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Let the church say amen.